0: This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the Senior Editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. We all know that people want to live in a neighborhood with good schools, safe streets, a well-maintained sanitation system, and a mailbox nearby. But in a recently released report entitled uh, The Importance of Place, it says that we are also more happy, more willing to trust others, more satisfied with our community, feel less isolated if we live in a neighborhood that is within walking distance or a short car ride from a grocery store, restaurant, gym, movie theater, library, or park. The authors of the report are Daniel Cox and Ryan Streeter, and I'm pleased to have Daniel Cox, a research fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, with me on the Education Exchange today. Thank you, Dan, for joining me on the Education Exchange. It's great to be here. Well, Dan, why is it so important to be close to a movie theater or a library? I can download movies from Netflix, and I haven't been to my local library for years. Do we really need these amenities nearby?
1: And this is one of the problems because we we've, we've made life so easy for ourselves to to you know get books downloaded from the library on our our phones and Kindles to watch movies on our 50-inch plasma screen TVs, you know, just sitting in our incredibly comfortable living rooms, um, that we're not going out into our our neighborhoods, our communities, because that's where um, so much important uh, social connection takes place. And uh, if you look at how our culture and, and sort of our social infrastructure has changed over the years with the decline uh, in uh, attending re- uh, religious services, we're seeing that um, these what we call neighborhood amenities, which include uh, grocery stores, restaurants, uh, coffee shops, libraries, public parks, um, are really sort of stepping in to fill that that void.
0: Well, are all of these institutions equally important, uh, or is the grocery store more important than the movie theater?
1: Um, the report didn't really look at the relative impact, but what we did find is that being close to these types of amenities um, had a profound impact um, on a whole host of, of different positive social outcomes, whether it was feeling less lonely, uh, feeling more neighborly, uh, more inclined to help people in your neighborhood. Um, you had, a, had more positive feelings about your neighborhood, saying that, that you'd be less likely to leave. Um and uh, felt more safe like so these are all incredibly positive um, results of just being close by. So we didn't even ask you know how often you went or what did you get out of your um, you know trip to the library or trip to the local store. We just asked how close you were, um, which was a you know a proxy a proxy for you know uh, engagement with these types of institutions and and the the results were, were surprising because there was, such a diversity array of positive benefits, and they were incredibly robust. So we controlled for a whole host of factors.
0: So I was going to ask you that. What what exactly, how how is this survey conducted and uh, how how often is it conducted? What are some of the details on the survey, uh, Daniel?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. So we conducted a national survey of roughly 2,500 Americans, uh, American adults uh, over the age of 18, uh, and the AI, AI has conducted this survey, but we're hoping to go back in the, in the field later this year or early next to do a follow-up study. Um, and uh, the way we sort of asked about amenities was we said, uh, do you live within walking distance, um, a short car ride away, moderate car ride, longer car ride, or do you live further than um, an hour away from these types of places, and we listed six different amenity types. So the, the sort of movie theater, bowling alley, kind of entertainment venues, the, the parks, uh, community centers, um, libraries, um, and then gyms, restaurants, Uh, and bars as well. So what percentage
0: of your respondents uh, sort of indicated that they didn't have much in the way of these amenities? Can you give me a a feeling for, you know, how how dense are these amenities for, say, the top 25% or in in the bottom 25% or something like that?
1: Yeah, so we actually created a scale from people who lived in very high amenities to very low amenities, and um, about 22 percent or so lived in uh, high amenity areas. That I means they were relatively close, you know, within like, a short drive away from, from most of these places. And on the other end, um, about a third of the country lives in a, a lower, a very low amenity area. So um, more than a moderate drive. Uh, and if you look at the geographic distribution, not surprisingly, people who live in rural areas are much more likely. Um, to have to, to take a longer trip to, to get, get to some of these amenities, but you so know your
0: your did scale different didn't
1: community you, types. So yeah. people in cities, suburbs and even small towns, and the amenities effect was found in each type of locale.
0: But less so in rural areas. I, I sort of noticed as I was reading through. Did I get that wrong?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we because of the sample size um, and the you know the fact that almost everyone in a rural area lives at least. Decently far from from most of these types of amenities, um, we weren't able to do much of analysis among rural residents. So the report focuses on people in small small towns or cities, suburban areas, and urban areas.
0: So we at the, at least in small towns, maybe maybe in rural areas, people find substitutes. But at least in small towns and urban areas, uh, these things uh, seem to be really important for the community.
1: Exactly. And, and it may be that um, we would need to employ different measures if we really wanted to look, you know, good at, at hunting clubs um, and those type of, of places if, if we wanted to sort of dive down into, you know, how um, uh, these, these types of meetings are, are helpful uh, and influential in, our, in, in rural areas.
0: Well, I was particularly interested in your social isolation scale. I find people uh, seemingly more isolated today than ever before as they walk down the street looking at their cell phones. Uh, Did you find uh, that amenities in in, in neighborhoods actually made people more connected and and felt less isolated?
1: Yeah, no, there's a strong uh, effect of of being in close proximity to these type of amenities, whether you're in uh, an urban environment, whether you live in a suburb or a small town. uh, Americans who live in high amenity neighborhoods are simply... Uh, less socially isolated than than those who live in low amenities. So I'll give you uh, two numbers just to to provide an example of this. So in in suburbs, uh, about half of Americans in in high-amenity communities uh, express low levels of social isolation, um, whereas if you look at people uh, in low-amenity suburbs, it's only 23 percent. So there's a a 24-point gap between the high and low-amenity communities.
0: So now, is this this is controlling for other characteristics, right? What are some of the things that you adjust for? Because I would think that you know, better educated people with more money are just going to be able to afford to move into a community that has more amenities. So, you're you're, you're adjusting for that, aren't you?
1: Yes, yeah, so that's absolutely right. That, and we thought we were thinking that from the from the get go that um, because we're so stratified by education, race, and ethnicity. Um, age, uh, that it was really important for us to control for these other possibly confounding factors. So we ran um, some, some models, and we controlled for yeah, education, uh, gender, marital status, race, ethnicity, whether you're an urban, uh, rural, or um, suburban resident, uh, your region of the country, uh, income, Uh, Etc. So there was a whole host of controls, and even after accounting for those things, we found that um, amenity proximity was still a really significant predictor of of all these really important um, uh, social outcomes.
0: But once you controlled for amenities and controlled for all these other factors, I didn't see much in your data about differences from uh, 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 one part of the country to the next: the Midwest, the South, the West. Uh, the Northeast all look pretty much the same, and, and I have to admit that surprised me because, uh, I, you know, it's my experience that people are nicer in the South and in the <laughs> middle America than on the coasts where I t- tend to live. Uh, so uh, well, how do you explain the fact that you get pretty much the same thing across the country?
1: Well, I think for the, what that says to me is that people are really looking, like that these, these social institutions um, whether they're commercial, whether they're public, um, really can be helpful um, across the board, regardless of whether you're in Arizona um, or New England, um, you know, Miami or, or Delaware. I mean, I think that just being um, close by, and, and we, we even looked at, went out into our own community to look, look at this in action a little bit. So I spent some time up in um, Chevy Chase, which is a neighborhood in northwest uh, Washington, D.C., at a, a local grocery uh, called Broad Branch Market, and it was really incredible. Um, after talking to some of the folks who, who frequent this place, how integral it is into the community. Um, people can pick up prepared foods uh, there. They have ice cream, so kids there are there every weekend. It's it's close by a neighborhood school, um, so in the morning parents are there picking up their coffee. Um, I talked to the owner, too, and the owner was telling me that they have really been integrated with the the community. So for some of their more uh, uh, senior residents, they do, like, food delivery, so they'll have neighbors come by, pick it up, and drop off stuff, people recovering from illnesses. Um, There was a a snowstorm a while back here called Snowmageddon, and it knocked out um, power for a whole variety of folks, and the the market was served as kind of a... Um, a call center and um, a a place for, for neighbors to come and uh, help you know dig each other out of the snow. it was really became kind of a central institution. Uh, and it's just a market, right? You know it, it could be just a place to pick up milk, but but people created, and the owners created a a, a sort of thriving community out of it, and I think that's really. Demonstrative of, of some of these findings that we're seeing in the report.
0: Well, Dan, how do you plan to extend this research? Uh, where, where do you go next with this uh, question?
1: Well, I think I think the you know exploring some potential um, uh, differences in geography. So, are, are there differences in, in culture? Right. So, we do we, do we see something unique in New England versus the South? It'd be interesting to explore. I think also. Um, We didn't do a lot looking at at schools as well. I think that would be an area where we'd want to explore. There's some research that suggests that the way uh, at least um, primary schools are are organized, so if if parents actually go in to drop off their kid as opposed to dropping them off on the curb, um, that can create more potentials for social interaction and um, create potentials for for parents to bond and and that kind of thing. So um, I think looking at some of that would be really interesting as well.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of uh, debate as to whether or not the consolidation of schools across the country, you know, diminished communities and, and the, the, the penchant for having larger and larger schools that, you know, people could drive to and uh, mm-hmm. it, all that, uh, that, that movement, which was a very powerful movement uh, in, the, in uh, the 20th century, whether or not that didn't undermine a lot of these, uh, these qualities that you're exploring here.
1: And I think in if you look at um, grocery stores, there's a trend in in d c where I live, uh, for these local uh, small markets uh, popping up here and there. Um, and I think the the neighbor the neighborhoods have responded really positively to them. Um sort of they cater more to the to the exact um, needs of the neighborhood. So you know what's in one market in one neighborhood not, might not be in another. Um, they'll offer prepared foods and places to sit, and I think those kind of experiences are really important. You know, versus going to the Safeway um, and kind of getting lost in you know the huge you know long aisles, right? So like having that sort of smaller, more intimate spaces from um, people who are definitely in your neighborhood, because you're not going to drive across town to go to a corner store.
0: Yeah, so you're, you're telling us to buy local, buy, buy small, patronize the local community, make sure you keep those institutions alive and well. You don't just count on them always being there. They need to be nurtured. Is that, is that your message?
1: Yeah, I mean, size matters, but in this case it's the, you know, the opposite, right? So sometimes smaller is better.
0: Exactly. So th- thank you, uh, Dan, for joining me on the Education Exchange.
1: It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I've been speaking with Daniel Cox, research associate at the American Enterprise Institute and author with Ryan Streeter of a new report, The Importance of Place. Thank you, Daniel, for joining me on the Education Exchange. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education Next website.